Well, hello, Heritage. Welcome to the final week of our Loved Linked Scent series. It's great to be with all of you here, as well as with those at our Bettendorf and QC West locations, and those joining us online. If you're a first-time guest with us, I'm glad you're here. God is doing some crazy cool things in our Heritage family, and I always love it when more people get to experience it. But I want to make a disclaimer today that this is not a sermon. This is not a sermon. So if at the end of the time you're walking out saying, that wasn't a very good sermon, I want you to hearken back to this moment that this is not a sermon. This is a family conversation. Not one that's boring or one that's marked with drama, but one that's marked by honest, important, inside conversation about what God is doing in our heritage family. It is a Bible-based family conversation. And I'm glad that you're here to be part of it. If you're a guest, I'm especially glad you're here because you picked a great weekend to be with us. We're going to celebrate new life in Jesus, but you also have the opportunity just to sit back and listen about in this conversation to find out who we are as a church, what's important to us. And if you're a regular part of the Heritage family, I want to encourage you to lean in and, and to listen to what God is doing among our family so that we can all stay in step with what he's asking us to do. God's doing crazy cool things in our family. Just in the last two weeks alone, we know of at least 27 people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ for the very first time through Heritage Investments. Yeah. I love it. I never get tired of it. We, we are a people on a journey. We believe that God wants to do great things in and through us to change the world. But in order to do that, he first calls us to himself, and then he calls us to live loved and linked and sent. God is on the move here at Heritage, and I'm glad you're here today. Now let's take a moment, though. I want to do something fun, so I'd like to invite all of you to stand right where you're at. All locations, Bettendorf West, just stand right where you're at. All right, so here's the thing. I want you to place your hand behind your back, and while your hand is behind your back, just pick a number of fingers, maybe two, maybe four. Just pick a number of fingers to show, and on the count of three, on three, one, two, three, I'm going to ask you to bring your hand around and just show the number of fingers you have. So here we go. Ready? One, two, three. All right, very good, good. Anybody try six? Anybody able to do six? No, good, that would be weird. All right, so one to five, right? So here's what I, now what I want you to do. I want you to find two other people. Two other people to make a group of three. If you can't find two, find one. So either a group of two or a group of three. I give you permission to move. You don't have to know the person. Go find at least two other people or maybe one other person and form a group of two or three. Go ahead and do that right now. All right, here you go. In that group of two or three, not four. If you're in four, make two groups of two. Group of two or three. Put your hand behind your back facing your group mates. Pick a number of fingers to, to show in your hand. And on the count of three, show your group, your group. Ready? One, two, three. All right, good job. Uh, some of you are too, way too competitive. You're already like, I beat you. I beat you. <laughs> Okay, look, we're not doing that. Here's what's going to happen next. This is where the fun part comes. This time, we're going to do the same thing, but what you want to do as an individual, you want to be the first person to identify the total number of fingers represented by your group. So you're going to count yours, your teammates, and then you're going to shout out that number accurately. The first person to give that number accurately wins. All right? So here we go. Hands behind your back. Pick a number of fingers. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Nice, nice. Who won the first round? 
First time winners. Excellent, Bendorf, who won first? All right, here we go, let's do it again. Group back up, hand behind your back. Pick a number of fingers to show. One, two, three. Great, good, who won that round? Raise your hand. All right, second time winners. Okay, looks like we need to do some tiebreakers. Here we go, last one, last time. Hand behind your back, pick a number of fingers. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, awesome, good, good, good. Go ahead and have a seat for me. All right, you guys are good sports. Listen, that is not only a fun game, but it's a free game. And it helps illustrate sometimes how I think we feel in our relationship with God and others. We feel like we're trying to make sense of what God is doing and how that impacts us. At the same time, we're trying to figure out what other people are doing, and it can get kind of confusing. It can feel like pressure. It can even feel like a competition when it's not. And we can see like, okay, God's doing this, and we're doing that, but then that person over there is over doing their, doing their thing there, and, and it can feel overly complicated, and we're trying to figure out how does God want us to live. But it's really very simple. It's not complicated. Who God calls us to be and what he asks us to do in life is very simple. And it's clear. In fact, with the help of one of the prophets in the Old Testament, he simplified it for us. It was the prophet Micah in chapter 6, verse 8, that we can read this. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. My friends, that is clear and that is simple. To do justice to seek justice, to love kindness, or in other translations, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, to depending on God. That's how God wants us to live in relationship to Him through Jesus Christ. It's clear and it's simple, but it is also clearly represented in what we identify as our core values as a church. It's the things that we've been talking about the last three weeks that we as a church know that when God first calls us to himself, he asks us to live loved, out of his love, to live loved. Then he invites us to live linked, out of that love in relationship to each other. And then, out of living loved and linked, he calls us to live sent, as a people who go, first and foremost, to our primary mission field, which is the place that we live. This is what he calls us to do. And we've been spending the last few weeks talking about how do we do those three things and knowing that we need to understand and actually know three realities to be able to live this way. The first is that we are created for intimacy with God. That's your first fill-in if you're following along in your sermon note guide. We are created for intimacy with God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, whether you're walking in relationship to God or not. You were created for intimacy with Him. We are created by Him and for Him. And he is not just this divine being to keep appeased until we have a need or a problem like a genie in a lamp. He's not even this the divine power that wants to keep our, his thumbs on top of us. God is love. And he loves us. He loves you just the way you are. And out of that love, our ability to love is defined. It was the disciple John who in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, he said, he said, we love because he, God, first loved who? First loved us. 
we love because God first loved us. The reality is, out of that love, we get to be. Be and then do. As a people loved, we can then love through a relationship with God, a relationship like no other. That's why the greatest commandment is what it is, to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But it doesn't stop there. The second thing we need to know and understand is that we are created for healthy relationships with others. We were created for healthy relationships with others. Created for healthy what? Relationships. God-honoring relationships with others. That's so true that we can't grow spiritually if we're not connected relationally. We're not made to do life alone. Even in all the complexities and challenges of being in relationships to people, we are more together than we are apart. Which is why the second greatest commandment is what it is, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus raises the bar a little bit more in this reality that we're not made to do life alone. And in John 13, verse 34, he says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He goes on to say, people will know you are my disciples by that love. So this is a very clear call to love others as Jesus loves us. Selfless, generous, sacrificial. It's a tall order. But we can love because he loves us first. It is through his love that we are able to love others, even the person who has done something bad to us, the the person that's done the worst thing to us. It's not that we're going to end up spending Sunday afternoons hanging out with that person, perhaps. But out of the love of God, we can choose to no longer hate and no longer withhold forgiveness and no longer be defined by what was or what wasn't, but to be defined by the love of God at work through us as we live linked in relationship with others. We are created for intimacy with God. We are created for healthy relationships with others. It's really loving God, loving others. And when we do that, it inherently means we will live sent. Now, we spent some time last week leaning a bit further into understanding what does it mean to look, or what does it mean and look like to live sent? How do we know how to do that? What does, it, what does God want for us in that? And being sent is not just about going and doing, it's about going and being with people, in relationship with people, so that God can do what He wants in and through us in those relationships. And we're going to spend more time talking about what it means to live sent and God's heart for justice. But for those of you that have been stirred and you're like, man, I want some more information. I want to know how to connect more into this. I want to encourage you to go to my blog at livesent.today. This was last Sunday that I posted some resources and ways to connect into that conversation further. And we'll do that as we continue in this journey. Because we are created for intimacy with God. We are created for healthy relationships with others. But we are also created to give ourselves away to give ourselves away like Jesus did, to live and to love and to serve like him for the glory of God and the good of others. Paul went on to say that concept this way in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 19. He said, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. You and I were all created with a purpose. Many of us, however, have not yet fully lived into that purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us, and He wants to do great things in and through us in order to change the world, which means we can be part of something bigger than ourselves, much bigger than ourselves. And and this is it. That that thing is this, to live loved and linked and sent, To, to love God, to love others, and make disciples. 
It is to seek justice, to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with God. When, when we can live loved and linked and sent, then God is able to reach our cities and beyond. Local impact, regional impact, international to the very ends of the earth. This is how God seeks to advance his kingdom and take the name of his son Jesus to the very ends of the earth. As we live loved and linked and sent. He's willing to do anything to see that happen. Anything short of sin becomes an option. It's really an opportunity because inherently it's the message, not the method that is sacred. Let me say that again. The message, not the method is sacred. What's sacred? The what? It's the message. It's Jesus Christ, crucified, risen again. And that means the way we carry that message, the places we carry that message to can all change because the message, not the method, is sacred. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, he said, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You and I have been given a ministry and a message. And what we do with those two things matters because God wants to reach the world through us. A number of years ago, I was in Pittsburgh in an art museum, and I came across a painting that just captured my attention. The painting is called The Wreck by Winslow Homer. It was painted in 1896, and I want to show it to you. Here it is. This is The Wreck. Now, standing on the beach in the midst of those wisps of grass in a New England coastline is a man frantically waving toward you and I. Behind him are some people standing on a dune looking at what can be deduced deduced as a wreck. Now, we can't see the wreck, but we know it's there. Yet between the men and the bystanders is a lifeboat crew striving and straining with everything they have to effect a rescue. Pushing the boat across the muck and over the dune, they're slogging toward a cause that no one is yet prepared to declare as lost. It's powerful imagery. And as you continue to take it in and to look at it, hear me, this should be who we are as a church. This is what it means to live loved and linked and sent. This world is full of wrecks, lives in shambles, marriages on the rocks, people wrecked by addiction, depression, greed. There are fractures between groups, the kind of things that Beth was talking about last week. And you and I, we are the ambassadors of the message. We are the rescuers called to man the boat. And when we understand that, we no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ and his kingdom. Yet too many times, we can turn back. We can even stand on the dune looking over the problem, but not doing anything about it. Maybe because of fear or the risks involved or the potential sacrifice involved. But God has created us and called us to more than that. It was C.S. Lewis who once wrote, If you read history, you will find that Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought the most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased thinking of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. We are one church in many locations. God has strategically positioned us to impact the Quad Cities and beyond with the love of God through the power of Jesus Christ. Our journey is fast approaching the 50-year mark. This spring, we will celebrate our 50th birthday, and we're going to do something cool 
to do that. But let's take a moment, and I want you to hear from one of our four locations what God is doing in and through one part of our heritage family, and it's specifically from Pastor Steve, the campus pastor at QC West. Check this out. Hello, Rock Island, and hello, Bettendorf. My name is Steve Gottsent, and I'm the campus pastor at our Quad Cities West location. I'm honored to be sharing with you today from Bluegrass, Iowa, just outside the Bluegrass Community Club, where our campus gathers each Sunday morning for worship. Like all of you, the QC West part of the Heritage family is excited to move deeper into the important core values of living loved, living linked, and living sent. In fact, this past year, we've been wrestling with the question, how can we best live sent in a small town community? How can Heritage serve in a rural area where we aren't really known? How can we make a difference in a tight-knit town where we might be perceived as the outsiders? Ultimately, it's going to take a lot of time and intentional effort. We understand that relationships in a small town are absolutely pivotal. So we've been exploring how to best both become known and get to know the people in Bluegrass, Buffalo, and Walcott. This challenge has driven us to step into community events that are already drawing the people together. To step in, to participate, to serve, and to connect. In mid-September, QC West participated in the annual Bluegrass Community Garage Sale. Our church family donated a ton of items for us to sell at our table. And we, in turn, donated all of our proceeds to the Bluegrass Elementary School PTA. It was such a joy for me to see QC West living sent, and then to deliver a check for over $400 to school leaders who were absolutely shocked at this unexpected generosity. This event also blessed Buffalo, Iowa, as we hauled all donated leftover sale items from the entire community sale to the Buffalo Giveaway, an important community program that helps serve poor and needy families with much needed resources. In total, we hauled a packed trailer, two full trucks, and two full cars of items. The leaders of the giveaway were thrilled by all we were able to provide. In early October, we helped serve at the Pumpkin Dash, where we played games, gave out candy, and served hot dog lunches to over 100 children. In just a few weeks, we will be serving as a relay site for Operation Christmas Child. And now the community is knocking on our door, inviting us to serve in a wide range of other community events. Now, these are just the first steps of what God is calling us to do. But we are already starting to see God's hand at work. By living sent in our community, we've been able to establish important and valuable relationships with key leaders. We are becoming known as a resource to help bless the community. And we are being seen as a church who serves, who loves, and who gives. Finally, we are looking forward to the next adventure God has for QC West. Today, QC West is delighted to share in your campus's stories of how God is moving in your midst and preparing you for great adventures. And we are proud to be members of the Heritage family where together we will live loved, live linked, and live sent. God bless. Look, what, what Pastor Steve and the QC West family are doing is just one example of how God is positioning the Heritage family for greater impact. I love how he is moving among our family, and I know the best is yet to come as we continue to step in obedience to him. 
fact, I want to look at one other uh, expression of our family that's the Vida Nueva part of our family. And over the last couple of weeks, we've heard the opportunity, had the opportunity to hear from Pastor Ben and some insights to what God is doing. But today we have an opportunity for Ben to join me, and I want to have him join, us, join me and share just a little bit more about what God is doing and asking the Vida Nueva family to do. So would you join me in welcoming Ben here to the platform? Hey, brother. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Great, great. Man, I'm so excited to do this with you and feel like a little kid on Christmas morning. Uh, both of us. Uh, yeah. Both of us. So we have been able to hear your heartbeat uh, for reaching the nearly 15,000 Hispanics of the Quad Cities. You shared that through video a couple weeks ago. Can you just catch us up a little bit more? What is compelling you in that? What's driving you in that? Well, you know, we've, we've talked about 15,000 Hispanics in that area, and I've all, always wondered how many Hispanics go through uh, John Deere, Black Hawk Road, and they don't see us. They don't know that we are here. And so what, uh, <clears throat> what that means is that we need to get located where we can really make an impact, will be more visible to the Hispanic community. <clears throat> yeah, and it makes sense. And as we've been praying, we feel like God is specifically asking Vita Nueva to make a strategic move and reposition into the Hispanic corridor. What would a, what would a move like this uh, enable Vita to do? I think we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot of freedom to be able to work more directly with, with the community, be able to offer many other services that we can't offer now. Uh, we've got, uh, I can think of, of people who maybe don't drive and they can walk to a location where they can get help instead of having to find us way over here. Yeah, plus there's like English as a second language, Immigration Assistance Center, oh my, uh, yeah. after school programming. It's really, the potential's unlimited, really. And, and, and the deal is, and this is kind of the big thing, we actually have a possible location. Oh, yes we do. We yeah, do have a possible that. location. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would you describe that location? Um, it's, a, it's a school that's right in the, in the heart of the Hispanic Quarter. A great place, just surrounded by Hispanics. Uh, has been <clears throat> has been serving the community, and, um, and it's uh, it's becoming available for us. Yeah. So um, so so the deal is this facility is the Erickson Elementary School, and uh, just this past week the school Moline School Board uh, finalized the plan to sell this building by auction uh, to someone who will use it with a community impact, uh, and we believe this could be the place that God is asking Vita to reposition into. Uh, one, it's, a, it's almost an ideal location and facility and what it provides. It's certainly located right in the heart of the, wow. of the barrio, and it's, it's, in a, it's the great spot, great mm -hmm. design for it. And we, we believe God is saying, hey, at least step towards it. So should he grant us the favor of, of leaning into this opportunity? Uh, we see tons of potential for Vida to just have a greater and greater impact for the kingdom of God. Um, so, so as we're looking at this, we know that even if this is not the building, we're convinced that God is asking Vita to go. He's sending Vita into the corridor. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's perfect, almost perfect timing. You know, we've been here, this is our 11th year, and we've, we've done great work. Uh, the ministry is continuing to grow, but it's time to really set us up to where it can explode and be a launching pad, not only for a limited amount of service that we can do, but to launch us into a, a future where we'll have not only one campus, we'll have two, three Hispanic campuses. So what would be the, 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 the two greatest needs right now for Vida Nueva at this point in the journey? 
One of the greatest things that I see is, uh, as, as we toured the building, one of the things that I saw is how God has been uh, orchestrating the whole thing. You know, walk, I walk with you and walk with others on staff, and everybody's just going off. And my faith asked me, Who, who's leading this thing? And I thought for two seconds, and I said, you know, look, look around. It's the Holy Spirit that's leading this, this whole project. And so first thing, we need to pray. Continue to lean on the Holy Spirit to lead uh, timing. And then secondly, the resources. And we have a God who has all the resources, but he works through people. And so we need to pray, and then we need the resources to be able to uh, grab onto this building. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, this is something God is doing. This isn't us. This is him asking us to step in obedience. And, and should he grant us favor in this endeavor, it will require all of us to lean into this sacrificially because we'll need to purchase and position and launch Vita for, for greatest impact. Yes. And um, in that process, really, I'm asking for you, us as a church family, to simply pray, talk to God, and then do what he's asking you to do. Now, there's a couple of key uh, things that are going to be happening, just some of the nuts and bolts details of this. Um, we, uh, we've called a local church conference, LCC we call it. That's really our opportunity as a church family to vote and speak into this kind of decision. So this coming Friday, 6.30 right here at the Rock Island campus, is an opportunity for us to gather for worship and prayer. We're going to seek the face of God first, and then we're going to perform the business of the church and actually asking for a vote, the endorsement uh, from the body as a recommendation from the board and from the ministry team uh, for the ability to step towards this. Now, should we endorse it as a church, we still have to go through the auction process. And in mid-December is the auction itself. And I just ask that you pray that God would either pave the way or close the door. That if it, this is what he wants, that he'll open the door, he'll remove those other competitors, we'll be able to have this auction that is at minimum bid, and we'll be able to walk away with a beautiful facility to do kingdom work in a new place. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, I, you, I know this is information that you're just hearing for the first time. There's a lot of questions maybe rolling around. So we are also holding a couple of town hall meetings. Both are this afternoon, Sunday afternoon at 3.30 at Bettendorf and 5.30 here at Rock Island. And if you just want to come and ask questions and get more information, you can. If you're all fired up, ready to go, asking where do you vote yes, then just come Friday and be part of that. But we want to make sure we've talked about this and dialogued enough that everybody feels ready to step uh, in towards just what God's asking us to do and, and to participate in the congregational vote. So um, here's the deal. I, I want to pray for you and um, pray for Vita in the process. I want to invite you guys to pray with me as well. But I'm excited, brother, uh, just because I know I see God's fingerprints on a journey that is, he's stirring Vita Nueva to this whole new season. And I can't wait to see what happens and how it even will ripple across the corridor and more people come to know his son, Jesus. Amen. Let's do it together. All right, let's yes. pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather uh, as your people. I thank you for a chance to uh, to know you through your son, to seek your face. And God, we are truly just seeking you. We want your will to be done. We want to be found stepping obediently. Um, we want to be the people who you're able to work through and don't have to work in spite of us. So as we step in this journey, continue to give us wisdom. Uh, continue to confirm your purpose and plan through unanimity among us as a church. God, the potential in this is great, but we're not chasing anything. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to do anything by our own strength. We're trying to step with you. And we see you working, and, we're try and we want to join you in the work that you're doing. So help us to know, prepare yeah. us, uh, lead us, uh, position all of us to live love, linked, and sent in a way that leads more people into relationship with your son. 
And may we be able to look back in these moments and just say thank you for your faithfulness in showing us what you're asking us to do and positioning us to do it. And I look forward to that time in the future. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we'll give you more information as we have it. Again, the town halls are another touch point for more information. But let's just move to a so what for today. Reality is there's one, the first one that I, that I want to make sure we all understand is that you and I are all key parts of the next steps. You are a key part of the next steps. God wants to do and accomplish his purpose through us as a church. And as we continue to chase after him and his purposes, I'm asking you to listen to him for how he wants you to participate in his purpose and his plan. To to see where God is working and simply join him in that work. We will have a church vote. We have this auction thing coming up. And should the Lord grant us favor in securing this building and confirm that's his purpose, then we're going to need all of us to lean into raising the resources to purchase, to retrofit, and position Vita for greatest impact. So what I'm asking of you is that you pray and then simply do what God is asking you to do. That's it. Now, in that journey, I also want to encourage all of us to make the most of every opportunity. We're talking about a big opportunity with Vita, but there's other opportunities for us as individuals to live loved and linked and sent. It's, it's so easy for us to get comfortable in life, but God has not called us to be comfortable. He has called us to go. So that means that we're to live radically, depending on Him, uh, pushing and pulling to get the, over the dunes to reach the wrecks in this world that destroy so many lives without the hope and the power of Jesus Christ at work in them. And, and we have the ability to live loved and linked and sent in our family gatherings. Uh, those, those are places that we can communicate the love of God. When interacting with a, a person at a business, it, it's a place to represent Christ. When we're on the phone with a service provider, when we're meeting a repairman at our home, when we're playing on a sports team, standing in line waiting for food, or having a conversation in a classroom, those are all opportunities to live loved and linked and sent. In fact, I want you to do this with me. I want you to think of the next time you're going to be with people, maybe today or tomorrow, apart from this moment now. When's the next time you will be with people? You got it? That thing you're thinking of, is your next opportunity to live loved and linked and sent. God has positioned you in that place for a purpose. And he's asking and inviting you to make the most of that opportunity by faithfully stepping as one who is loved, seeking to love others, and ultimately to make disciples. God's positioning us as a church in lots of ways, and he's positioning you as an individual. My prayer is that we will all be positioned and ready to step boldly and courageously with him. Now, as we step into the next part of our time together, we're going to celebrate new life through baptism. I want to just take a moment to recognize the people who lead as the chief shepherds at each of our campus locations. These are the campus pastors, as we call them. They are representatives of me, and they are the implementers of the vision that we have as a church. Those leaders have a passion for Jesus and the church and the mission of God. And I consider it a joy and a privilege to serve alongside them. And what I want to do now is invite them at each of our locations to come and to share a few more specific realities at each of those campuses and then lead us into an opportunity to celebrate new life through baptism at each of our locations.